the word this morning. Amen, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to open up the word of God. Lord, we thank you that your word is the truth. And Lord, we ask for that anointing to be upon your word this day. Lord, we pray for manifestation of your spirit here today, that you would open our blind eyes, that you would open our deaf ears, that you would revive our weary bodies, and Lord, that you would breathe new life in us today. Lord, we ask for an outpouring of your spirit upon your church. I pray, God, for revelation to flow in the body of Christ today, that you would give us what we need spiritually, O God. Lord, we need you in this generation, and we need you in this hour that we live in. Lord, we're not tucked away from the evil of the world. We live in an evil generation and dark days. And Lord, we ask for your light, God, and we ask for your spirit in this time. Lord, we pray uh, this. Lord, I ask for your anointing to preach and to teach as you desire. Lord, we all ask for that anointing that we can hear and receive what the Spirit is speaking to us this day. Lord, thank you for your Spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people say, Amen, Amen. amen. John chapter 18, we're going to be beginning our sermon here in John chapter 18 and verse number 3. This is the passage of Scripture in the book of John whenever Jesus is about to be betrayed and there's something important I want you to see in this passage. And, you know, not only did Jesus get betrayed, he knew he would be betrayed. He knew who was going to betray him. Uh, but the reality is there's an in-working principle I want you to see. In the midst of the greatest betrayal, right, there was a shaking that took place in the middle of this oppressive spirit that came against Jesus I want to tell you this morning, I want you to hold on to this thought, nothing superficial, nothing superficial will stand in the last days. And we're fast approaching the last days, we're fast approaching the last days, and nothing superficial will remain. There's coming a day that the Lion of Judah is going to roar, and we're going to look at this passage in a little bit. And when Jesus speaks, everything that's not right with God is going to crumble. And so one of the things that I believe that we need to grab hold of this morning is this thought that if it's superficial, it needs to get dealt with. There's not one area in your life. There's not one area in America. There's not one area in this church that God doesn't want to touch. There's not one area. There's nothing that God wants to leave undone in you. And if you'll submit to the inward work of the Holy Spirit, He will touch each and every part of your life. He will touch your heart, your mind. He'll touch your soul. He'll change the way that you operate. Amen. But there's not one area that God does not want to affect. Jesus, whenever He was preaching, He used that big R word that people don't use anymore. He said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. He, what he was meaning was, it's here, it's now, it's present. Amen? And the kingdom of God is still marching on today. 
We are vessels. We are carriers of that same kingdom. We are the body of Christ. We are emissaries of Jesus Christ. He is the head and we are the body and we're preaching the same gospel message that He preached and we're extending the same kingdom that He was saying was at hand then. It's at hand now. Amen? Our generation has lost a lot of that. Our generation has turned its back not only on the Spirit of God, but the standard of God. Amen. The standards have been loosened and the church has relaxed its grip on the standards of God and we've lost our foundations, we've lost our footing, and what's happened is we've allowed artificial and superficial things to be built up in our churches. We've allowed these things to become a part of our churches and a part of our heritage, a part of the way that we operate, and what I'm telling you is that when the shaking comes, those superficial things won't remain. Those, those things will be dealt with, and it would, be, it would behoove us as the children of God to deal with these things today. Amen. A lot of times we can begin to think that our denominations are it, or our way of doing things are it, but I want to tell you there's one way, and that's Jesus. Amen. How many of you know sometimes we can have our own way about things, right? I got my taste in this, and I got my taste in that, but you know what? I'm not the way. My denomination's not the way. Amen. You fall into a bad trap when you start setting yourself up like that. But there's one way, one truth, and one life, and that's found in the Holy Scripture of God. Amen? It's not, it's not in me, it's not in you, it's not in our denomination, it's not in our way of doing that. It's in Scripture. Amen. Jesus said He's the way, the truth, and the life. So our standard uh, has to be built upon something solid. It can't be built upon something artificial or it will fall. Amen? How many of you have been in an experience in life whenever things can get shaken? Amen. Things can get shaken real fast. Life can come at you fast. Amen. But I want you to know that there is a still, small voice that will calm every storm. And one of the things that I believe that the church needs to get a hold of is the presence of God. If we can get a hold of that presence of God in the church again, that standard will be lifted again. Now let me get into the message today in John chapter 18, beginning in verse 3. Let's begin to read here just a couple of verses, and then we'll get into the Word. It says, Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Isn't that like the enemy? He's going to post you up. Amen. And, and note that Judas didn't bring some ragtag eight-year-old kids. He brought some soldiers. He brought some mercenaries. These are people with weapons. And you know, whenever the enemy comes at you, it doesn't come at you with teddy bears. Amen. He comes at you with weapons. But I'm reminded in Scripture, it says, though the, the weapon may be formed against me, it will not prosper in Jesus' name. One of the heritages of the children of God is that not that weapons won't be formed against us, but they won't prosper against us. Amen? There's a lot of times when we're at our weakest moment, the devil begins to form all kinds of weapons. Amen? You know, sometimes he waits till you at your weakest. Sometimes I feel like that. You know, we've, we've been going through a hard season. It's like, hey, you want to you attack us? You better do it while we're right here, right? 
The devil will wait till your weakest moment to begin to form those weapons. But our promise in God is that the weapon may be formed, but it's not going to prosper. It will not overcome the child of God. It will not defeat the child of God. It will not. Amen? It will not. And so one of the things that we see here is that these, these band of men, they began to bring weapons and torches to go get Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus was meek and mild? Right? Jesus was meek and mild. Amen. He was the friend of sinners, right? He was the one that went to Zacchaeus' house. He was the one that allowed the woman with the issue of blood to touch the hem of his garment. He was the one that allowed the prostitute to wash his feet with her hair and her tears. That's who our Jesus is. But he's also the one that flipped over the tables, all right, in the temple. The money changers, they were selling sacrifices. They had the, the rich, pious spirit about them, and Jesus turned it over. And he actually made them leave the temple. Amen. I mean, even know that even today, people have made God's house a house of merchandise instead of a house of prayer. Amen. It's pretty sad whenever we have more, more concern about how much money comes in an offering and how much we sell our cups of coffee or our t-shirts for than how many people come to the prayer meeting. Amen. Our house, the house of God can never be relegated to being a house of merchandise instead of a house of prayer or we will, like Jesus did to those others, we'll be driven out of his house. Amen. God will drive people out. Amen. He, he's done it before. He'll do it again. Um, but let's continue in this passage. So they brought the lanterns, the torches, and the weapons. How many of you think that Jesus was scared when they brought weapons? <laughs> huh? You think Jesus was scared? You think he sweated a little bit? His hands got a little clammy? You think his heart started beating fast? Why do ours? You know, how many of you had the enemy bring a weapon after you lately? How many of us have had the enemy attack us in the last month? Hear the lie of Satan. You see the attack, the schemes of the enemy, and our heart starts going. Our hands get sweaty, right? I don't think Jesus had any of that. Amen? I don't think he had any of that. But you know what the Bible tells us later on? See, this is still in the Old Covenant. New covenant didn't start till the blood was shed on the cross. I know our Bible says the new covenant, New Testament starts Matthew 1, 1. That's not true, right? The new covenant was shed the blood of Jesus. Amen. Without the shedding of blood, right? It's no testament. And so the thing that I want you to see here for us is the same Jesus. As what, he was not fearful of these weapons. Is the same Jesus that lives in you and in me. Now, one of the things that we need to know and understand is that the same Jesus that was here and unafraid of these weapons of war is the same Jesus that lives in us, and he's the same Jesus, right, that handles the situation the same way. Let's continue in this passage. In verse number four, it says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, whom seek ye you know it's not good whenever god asks you a question if god asks you a question you better check yourself adam where are you check yourself adam 
Job, where were you when I made the world, right? Check yourself, Job. And here Jesus is asking these warriors, whom seek ye? You know, that's amazing. How, what, what would it be like whenever the enemy begins to launch attacks at you and you just speak to the enemy and say, who you after? Who you after? Because you know what? If he's after you, that's one thing. But if you've died to self and been resurrected to new life, if you, if, if you today are born again, dead to the flesh, alive in the spirit, then the one he seeks is not you, but the one in you. Now the battle's changed. Now the battle's changed. You know, the devil don't like the light in you. Right? The devil don't like the light in you. You know, he's, he's, not, attacking the, he's not attacking those that are in darkness right now. They're in darkness. You know he's attacking? The ones that the light's shining through. You want to be someone that stands for righteousness and truth. You want to be someone that has the light of God shining through you. You're going to become a target of the enemy. But know this, he's not coming after you. He's coming after the light in you. Now, some of you is like, I I didn't sign up for this. Well, you need to know you did, kind of. Because you surrendered your rights, okay? But here's the thing I want you to see. Is that if the enemy's coming after the light in you, and the battle doesn't belong to you. The battle don't belong to you. If, if Satan is after that Jesus that's in you, it ain't my battle. Battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And he ain't lost one battle. He ain't lost one battle yet. And the word of God says he don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same Jesus that has not lost one battle is the same Jesus that lives in me and is the same one that Satan is after today. And my God has not lost a battle yet, and I don't think he intends on losing a battle today. That's who my God is. So when the enemy begins to come at me, I need to know and understand I have to be dead to self. You try to attack the enemy, you try to go against the enemy in and of you, you're going to get sifted like wheat. That's what happened to Peter. When we begin to to know and understand the nature of the battle, it's spiritual. I got nothing. I got nothing, but Jesus got me. Amen. Amen. I've got nothing. How many of you know what it's like to have nothing? I got nothing, but Jesus got me. Jesus got me. And as, as the Spirit of God begins to live inside the child of God, God will begin to direct our steps, direct our words. Amen. And God will use us. To push back the darkness in the land. Amen. Amen. God will use us to push back the darkness. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. How many of you are tired of the darkness being pushed on you? How many of you are tired of the darkness being pushed on you? God will use you to start pushing the darkness back. One of you is going to get pushed. I'd rather push the darkness back than have the darkness push me down. Amen. I'm tired of being pushed down. So I was saying, tell the devil... Keep pushing, keep pushing, because the lion of Judah is going to roar. 
The lion of Judah is going to roar. Amen. <laughs> I know who my God is. I know who my God is. Amen. I know who my God is. And nothing superficial will stand. When the lion roars, men's ways, men's thoughts, things that are not born of God, things that are not of the Holy Ghost, things that are not of God will crumble when the lion roars. Amen. You know, in the, in the book of Psalms, David was writing and he said, you know, when, when the Lord spoke, you know, the, the waters would gush forth, the mountains would quake, and, you know, the, those rivers would begin to pour out just at the voice of God. And, you know, I thank God that the Spirit of God speaks through us today. Amen? Push back the darkness. Well, one of us is going to get pushed around and... If I'm dealing with the devil in my own self, then I'm going to get pushed around. Amen. But you know what I love? This is the stock concept, right? How many of you, you, we get all kinds of problems and we run to the Lord and we tell the Lord how big the problems are? Come on, somebody. We go to the Lord and we just start telling the Lord how big the battle is. It's so big. It's so hard. And the Lord's waiting for us to stop and start telling the darkness how beautiful the light is. To start telling Goliath how big our God is. To start telling the enemy how good our God is. It changes the whole dynamic when we begin to stay, when we begin to say, you know what? That's enough of this. I serve a big God. I serve a God bigger. I serve a God greater. Amen. And he's not deaf or dormant. He's alive on the inside. And he's telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Oh, depression try to come upon you. Say, Lord, look at this depression. No, tell the depression to look at the Lord. Tell the depression to look at the Lord. Tell the addiction to look at the Lord. Look at the stripes on Jesus. Tell that addiction to look at the stripes of Jesus. Amen. Look what happens here. Jesus said, whom seek ye? Verse 5 and 6, they answered. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto him, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Jesus, when, when Jesus said, I am he, he was communicating that he is the I am that Moses learned about in the burning bush. When, when Moses said, whom, you know, am I supposed to tell Pharaoh you are? He, he said, I am. I am that I am. That's who sent you, I am. And Jesus here said, I am He. He spoke the unspeakable, ineffable name of God. He said, I am He. And when Jesus spoke it, listen, the atmosphere changed. They heard Him say, whom seek ye? And when they heard Him say that, they heard the, the frail man, 
that allowed himself to be crucified. They saw that, that weakness. But when he said, I am he, the whole atmosphere changed. And you know, when, when we're in a situation where the enemy has encroached upon us and brought weapons of warfare against us and surrounded us in the middle of the night, it's not our words that the enemy needs to be pushed back. It's that the enemy needs to hear God is here. God is here. Amen? God is here. You know, like I told you, when the enemy comes against you, he's not coming against you. He's not coming against Joe Blow. He's not coming against, you know, this one over here. He's coming against who's in you. And you need who's in you to speak to that which is coming against you. That's where the battle is meant to be waged. That's where victory lies. Victory don't lie between my ears and my experience and my logic and my reasoning and my methods and my formula and my ways. The battle belongs to the Lord and it's done in one way. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said uh, that, that all power in heaven and earth was given to him. And yet we, we sometimes allow the enemy to push us back in a corner and we begin to use the logic and the reasoning of men and religion and methods. It's madness because there's one name. Come on, somebody. There's one name where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. There's one name that dries out demons and devils. There's one name that brings light to the darkness. There's one name that brings hope to the hopeless. There's one name that brings strength to the weak. And that name is Jesus. So we've been given, come on somebody, we've been given a weapon of war and the same Jesus that spoke and said, I am he, and all the enemy fell backward and down is the same Jesus that lives in the child of God. And we as the children of God, we have to get to that place to where we know and understand that the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not my fight. It's bigger than me. Amen. Come on, let's, let's take self down the notch and know and realize this is a battle between light and dark. This is a battle. And we need to get out the way and let the Lord whoop the enemy. You hear that? You need to get out the way and let the Lord whoop the enemy. Stop trying to do it yourself. See, one of, the, one of the ways that we try to we get in the way of God is we start using men's logic and men's methods. I don't know about you, but I didn't need a 12-step program to get set free. I didn't need a three-step program to, to know God. It's one. It's one way. It's one step. It's one surrender. It's one prayer away. It's one... One name that you call upon. Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans. 
And you know, you may not know theology, and you may not know eschatology, and you may not know hermeneutics, and you may not know Greek or Hebrew or Latin. You may not know these things, but I'm telling you this, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the day and hour of crisis, call on the name above all names. Call on the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the one that causes the enemy to fall down and fall backwards. And that same Jesus lives in us. That same Jesus lives in us. How many of you know that not one of these men stood when everybody else fell? Everything that was not of God fell down. Everything. Amen. And you know, the enemy looks big and bad. The enemy looks bigger than life. The enemy comes at us in various ways and schemes. How many of you have been battling something in life that just seems like you're just going to have to take it to the grave? That's a lie. That's a lie of Satan. Freedom is a heritage of the child of God. You can be totally and completely set free of every bondage, every addiction, every shameful thing of your past, every guilty stain, every unconscionable thing you can be set free of in Jesus. Whom the Son sets free is not halfway free. Listen, somebody. Whom the Son sets free is not halfway free. Is not 90% free. Think about your bondages, your hang-ups. Think about your issues, right? I had issues when I first got saved. I remember I didn't pray about them. I was happy as I could be with them. Thought I'd take them to the grave. But God set me free. See, I, I, I learned this concept that, that freedom, when you have freedom in the Lord, God doesn't set a child partially free God never set someone partially free when the children of Israel got delivered out of Egypt they didn't go halfway in the Red Sea some of y'all live like that some of y'all popped up a tent and got a generator you sitting there in the dirt of the Red Sea you ride in the middle you partially free and partially enslaved You see, Jesus, he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that that indeed means in everything that life pertains to, in every deed, every action, every thought, every principle, every bondage, every scheme of the enemy, I have freedom, not because I know something, because I know somebody. Because I know who my God is. I know someone that sets the captives free. I know someone that speaks the word and the dead rise. I know someone. That that someone is Jesus. That someone is Jesus. It's not something I learned. It's not a concept I was taught. It wasn't something that I paid money for. It wasn't something I deserved. It was a man that chose to love me. It was the God man that came and bought me. It was the God man that came to the cross and laid his life out for me. It's the one. That's who I know. I know someone. I know someone. And when I know someone, I've got freedom. 
whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh, child of God, you deserve freedom. You know why? Because it was paid for. It was paid for. See, the blood of Jesus was shed on that cross so that you could be set free of depression. Of addiction, of guilt, of pornography, of pride. So that you could be set free of drugs. So that you could be set free of every evil influence in life. And the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, Jesus, when he said, I am he, they all fell to the ground and they all fell backward. Not one enemy will stand when Jesus speaks. Not one enemy will stand when Jesus speaks. And I want you to know this morning that God has come so that you can be free. Amen. God has come so that you can be free. You know, the devil wants to keep you in bondage. The devil wants to keep you in bondage. But Jesus came to set you free. He came to set you free. See, the enemy wants you to like your bondage. You know, the, the, the children of Israel were in bondage so long, and they, it had got so ingrained in them. At one time, they were walking in freedom, but they began to miss the way that the taskmasters treated them. You know, out in the desert, they got to depend on the hand of God to bring down that manna from heaven. And, and you know, that gets old after a while, don't it? And they started thinking... You know, those taskmasters weren't that bad. I mean, I, I remember after I worked all day and worked all night and they abused me and my family. I remember we, we got some beans and cornbread at night. After the enemy got done running rough shot over me. After the enemy done kicked me down like a dog. Treated me like dirt. Used me and abused me. He gave me some cornbread and some beans. Mm, those cornbread and beans sound good right now. You know, the, the enemy has a way of, 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 of putting potpourri on sin. You know, and I want you to know that Jesus came to set you free today. There's, the, the, there's a, a heritage that God gives each and every one of his children, and that heritage is not money, clothes, right? That heritage is freedom and eternal life. Now, one of the things that, that we see in this passage, though, is that the, the enemy came against Jesus and they brought torches and lanterns and weapons and they surrounded Jesus. And at one word, they dropped. You know, that's how it is in life. Sometimes we can allow the enemy to encrouch us. We can allow the enemy to surround us. We can, you know, just kind of get used to the enemy being there. How many of you tolerated the enemy? How many of you tolerated the enemy? You know, I believe the church world today, we, we tolerate the enemy. We tolerate the enemy. But Jesus in one word spoke, everything changed. Everything changed. 
let me, let me show you this in, in the book of, uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Let me show you this. I'm not going to have time to cover everything today, but that's okay. We'll get what the Holy Ghost wants us to get. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll begin on verse 26. Well, let's start with verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Who in here wants to take a guess at who speaks from heaven? Jesus. Verse 26, it says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Now that's an Old Testament prophecy we'll have to get into next time, maybe tonight or next week. But, but Jesus said he's not only going to shake earth, but he's going to also shake heaven. Now, here's a little bit of theology for you. Heaven is a created place. Angels are created beings. It's, if it's been created, it can be shook. When God shakes things, only the things of God will remain. Even things in heaven can be shook, and they will shake in the last day. Now, he says here in verse 27, he says, And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made. That's the word I want you to hear. Made. If it's made, it can be shook. If it's made, it can be shook. Things that are made. Those things which cannot be shaken may remain. See, when, when the voice of God begins to go out into the world at this shaking, the things that are made will be shook, but the things that are of God will remain. And God's calling on us today. To take a spiritual inventory in our lives and to ask the Lord to search us. Search me, O oh God. See if there be any false way in me. You know, when we say that, what we mean is, God, if there's something superficial in me, Show me. Let's deal with it. Because there is a day. Now, I've been talking about the battles that we face and the battles that we're in, and I believe God gave you something there. But you need to know there is a literal day coming when Jesus himself will speak from heaven. And when he speaks, when the trumpet sounds... Everything that's made will get shook. And everything that's of God will remain. This is what we call the separation between the sheep and the goats. 
This is what we call the separation between the wheat and the tares. You know, the tares grow up with the wheat and they look the same. They look the same, but at the end of the age, at the harvest, at the time of the harvest, you can distinguish between the two. And I want you to know there's coming a day of delineation where God's going to separate the wheat from the tares. There is coming a day when there will be no more nice guys in heaven, only born-again guys in heaven. There is coming a day when all the schemes of men and all the games that people play will come crumbling down. And on that day, only those that have been born again, only those that are washed by the blood of the Lamb, only those that have died to self, that have the Holy Ghost Living in them. Only those that belong to God will remain on the day that Jesus speaks this word. That day is coming, friends. This world was created by the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14 said, the Word became flesh. That's who created the world. By one Word, God created the entire world. You want to know why? That's how He is. That's how He rolls. Science knows that the word universe means one verse of God. One spoken word. Universe. Think about it. One word. God said be, and it was. God said be, and it was. That's how God created the world. We came from nothing. We came from God. God spoke the world into existence. Before the world was in existence, God was. And after the world dies out, God will remain. And only those things that are of God will remain when this world is destroyed. People today are afraid of atomic bombs and uh, the climate change. Used to, whenever I was growing up, it, they thought everything was going to freeze. Now they think everything's going to burn up. But the reality is God's going to destroy the world one day. God's going to be done with it. God's going to be done with it. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. And the only way you're going to get there is to be of God today. It's to be of God today. And let me finish out this verse, and then we're going to have a few comments and close out. It says, Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. See, the Holy Ghost is called the, the, the fire. Jesus is going to baptize in the Holy Ghost and fire. If you haven't received that second baptism, you're missing out on New Testament Christianity. The, the, the second baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is what New Testament Christianity is intended to be. But this consuming fire of God is what we need to search us. You know why? Because we're blind. We're blind. I've not met one person that, that, that doesn't have a blind spot. That's human nature. We all have blind spots. Amen. Some of us are, are, are you know, oh, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. But we all have blind spots. And we need the searchlight of the Holy Spirit to try us, to show us our need. Amen. One of the... One of the uh, 
one of the things I wanted to talk about in this is, is that this, this shaking that transpires right now is a litmus test. Y'all remember what litmus tests were? They would, they would use chemicals and, you know, a certain chemical on a, on a white thing would turn a certain color. You know, today everybody, everybody knows about God, right? But there's a litmus test coming. That litmus test is going to be when the Lion of Judah roars. Everything that is of God will remain, but everything that is superficial, everything that has not been born again, everything that hasn't come through the blood of Jesus, everything that is not of the Spirit of God, when that litmus test of the voice of God is applied to the soul, that's going to be the day and the hour. That just like when Jesus spoke in the book of John, when he said, I am he, and they all fell down, that litmus test, when the Lion of Judah roars, the things that are not of God will fall down. And the things that are of God will remain. And I want you to know this morning that we need the searchlight of the Holy Spirit now, I don't have time to finish this. I, I need you to come back tonight to hear the rest of this. But what we need today, you need to know two things. You need to know two things. You need to know that no matter how big and bad the enemy is, if God be in you, who can be against you? You need to know that. You need to know that freedom costs God something. If, if the freedom that we have today didn't cost God anything, we wouldn't be preaching this. But the Word of God says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We can't be set free halfway. Listen, as a child of God that's been washed by the blood of Jesus, your heritage is freedom. Stop allowing the enemy to run roughshod over your life in any area at all. If God shed blood for you, if God shed blood for you, be ye free. And when the enemy, no matter how big or bad he is, when he comes against you, God's greater. The second thing you need to know is that there's an hour of shaking coming on the earth. I'm not going to sit here and prophesy when it's coming, but I know it's coming. You can't read Jeremiah and Ezekiel without coming away with this one concept. A nation that turns its back on God is in trouble. And I'm telling you, we're in trouble. We've turned our back on God. And there are strong delusions that are going to be unleashed on the world in the coming days. People are going to be falling for deceptions left and right. The enemy is beginning to crank up the wheel of deception today. You may say, how can, how can these parents allow their kids to go through these surgeries like this? Because they're under a delusion. It's a demonic delusion. The whole world's going to come under a delusion soon, one way or another. You see wars and rumors of wars? You know, the enemy knows how to push buttons, and he will push them. Uh, technology's getting so sophisticated that if you don't have 
the mind of Christ in the last days, you'll get deceived. The, 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 the way that the enemy can orchestrate AI technologies and, 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 and show things on TV screens. I mean, they have, I, I saw an AI thing where they had Abraham Lincoln talking on internet. They're going to fool folks. And if you're not right with God, if you're not operating with the mind of Christ, and if you're not filled with the Spirit of God, you'll get deceived in the last days. And you may say, well, I I don't want to go through that. Listen, if the nation turns back to God, it may change. But if the nation don't repent and get right with God, it's coming. God won't allow it. God will have to owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. And that ain't happening. That ain't happening. You cannot sit there and say God's all right with us when he burned up Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's not the only sin in the book. We got more than one issue going on. We got a plethora. And it's going to take a a, a work of the Spirit of God. It's going to take a revival. It's going to take an awakening, a great awakening to turn this thing around. Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. When you come in a prayer meeting. Starts with prayer. Is it possible to turn this thing around? Yes. It starts with prayer. It starts with the people of God getting on their knees. It starts with the people of God hungering and thirsting for righteousness sake. It starts with the people of God that love God more than life itself. It starts with you and me. It can't happen. But if it don't happen, listen to me, if it don't happen, we, we don't live in a time frame where, you know, the, the, the people dress up with wooden soldiers and things like that. We, we live in artificial intelligence age. Okay. And I, I got a Bible study coming on this soon, so we, I'm, and I'm short on time. But listen, that artificial intelligence is going to play a role in the last days. And unless you have the Spirit of God operating in you in the last days, you're going to get took out. You're not smarter than it. You sit there on your phone and be like, ah, that don't look real. Wait, wait till the spirit of darkness begins to operate in those things more. You won't be able to tell nothing. It's going to take the discerning work of the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life to know what's right and wrong in the last days. Now, what I want you to hold on to as we close is that the only thing that will remain when the, when the lion of Judah roars is going to be those things that are of God. Every superficial thing will come down. Every superficial thing will come down. There's a shaking coming. There's a shaking coming. You know, we call it a sifting sometimes. If you, you know, you have a little pan and you're sifting. We used to take those things to the river and sift for little flakes of gold and things like that. That's what's going to happen. God's going to sift this world. And only the things that are of God will remain. And I want to ask you this morning to ask the Holy Spirit to search you. To search you. 
Amen. Father, we bless you this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to hear the Word of God and the truth of God. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of God. And Lord, we ask this morning for the searchlight of your Spirit. Lord, you know the issues that we have. You know our struggles. You know our battles. Lord, I'm asking you. I'm asking you, Lord, to take those things out of the way. That they be nailed to the cross today. Lord, I thank you that you shed your blood to give us new life. To set us free. And Lord, I'm asking this morning that you would do a work in the life of every person here. That we would take inventory with you right now. And Lord, if any person needs to lay down a burden at the altar, if any person needs to come to these altars and seek freedom, if any person needs to come to these altars and, 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 and find life or help, Lord, I thank you that you are our help in our time of need. Don't go out of here. If you need help, find your help at the feet of Jesus. Find your hope at His beautiful feet. Lord, I pray this morning that you would minister through the power of your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Altars are open.